We're so excited today to have with us Daryl Strawberry. And um, let's give it up for Daryl. Amen. And uh, he's no stranger to Bethlehem. This second time here, and uh, we're excited that he is here. And we had a great time yesterday at City Field. Hundreds of volunteers from Hope Day came, and we uh, had the honor and privilege, actually, to be on the field when uh, they did the national anthem. And um, I am going to add something to my resume. Uh, pastor, 25 years, missions work, youth pastor, and throw, threw out the first baseball at City Field on May the 20, whatever it was. 2019. Come on, somebody! Watch. <sighs> I would have struck the boy out. I would have struck the boy out, I'm telling you. You thought I won the World Series right there, baby. The only thing I was praying for is, dear Lord, let it reach. Oh, God. If that ball falls to the floor and rolls, they're going to boo me out of the stadium. So when it reached, it didn't get over the plate, but it reached. I said, thank you, Jesus. Anyway, it's, it's great. And hey, listen, I want you to know that uh, God was glorified through it. Uh, um, probably 40,000 people were there, and they heard about Hope Day. And I'm just thinking, you know, there was somebody in that stadium that said, what's this hope day all about? And it's worth it for the one who says, you know what, I need hope in my life. Amen? So we're excited about what the Lord is doing. Don't forget, next week is hope day. And come on, it's, what day is it? What day is it? I didn't hear you. What day is it? Hope day. 30 Hope Day outreaches. We're going to minister to over 25,000 people hopefully next week. We're going to love them with the love of Jesus. They're going to be treated like VIPs. We're going to be able to give them resources, connect them with resources. We're going to share the gospel with them. We're going to pray for them. Hundreds of them are going to come to know Christ as their Savior. We're going to pray for thousands of people. And the kingdom of God is going to be a little bit fuller next week because of your giving, your serving, and your going. So how many of you are going to show up for Hope Day? Come on. How many of you are going to come on? That's awesome. Just come out. And next week, I want you to know that there will be no 8.30 service. There will be no 8.30 service. There will be no 10.30 service here. There will be no 11.45 service here. There will be no 12.45 service. We're doing church in the park. Come on, somebody. And um, now, no, listen, some of you are like, well, I'm just so used to coming to 8.30. Get out of your tradition. Come on, somebody. I don't know if I could get out, and let's get out into the park. There is nothing more beautiful. Listen to me. There is nothing more beautiful than God's people worshiping God in the middle of the city. Come on, somebody. In the middle of the city. And uh, we want you to be there for that. It is so exciting, man. Last week, you heard an incredible story of a woman who came to the park. She was going to commit suicide. She came to that same park that she was going to commit suicide, gave her life to Jesus. Her life has never been the same. Yesterday, she was out with the team telling people to come to Hope Day. Come on, somebody. God gives hope. Amen. Well, 
We have a very special guest with us today. I'm so excited about it. Um, I, I want to tell you, he is absolutely the real deal. And um, he loves Jesus with all of his heart. Everywhere he goes, all he wants to do is tell people about Jesus. Would you give a standing ovation to Daryl Strawberry as he comes and ministers and helps us to understand a little bit more about relationships? <laughs> you gonna knock me over, brother? <laughs> oh my goodness, we're having a good time. Yeah. We're having fun, right, Daryl? We are. You we are. I mean, you know, when you just sitting here talking about Hope Day, and I'm just thinking of how many people come, and all of you should be raising your hand. Really, it's, it's Hope Day. You know, it's Hope Day to help somebody else. You know, if Jesus helped you, you should be out there helping somebody else, loving on somebody else. And I think we forget about that. You know, and. I just want to encourage your church, man. It's, it's nothing greater than being able to go out, get over yourself. God will take care of your mess if you can get over yourself and go out and help somebody else. So when Pastor talks about Hope Day, you all should be out there volunteering because people are hurting, and we are the hope. You know, if, if you've been transformed, don't just sit in the seat and hold it for yourself. You know, get up. You know, God is waiting for people to, you know, go. You know, I, I think Christians, they won't go. They, they just sit. You know, you, you can never get to where God wants you to get to if you don't get up and go. So I just encourage you as a church, go. Hope Day is very special. So. You know, Daryl, the truth is there's a lot of Christians that they don't feel fulfilled and they don't even feel filled by the power of God. But, you know, the Bible says that we're to go into all the world, right, and that the Holy Spirit comes and he fills us to be a witness. So why would he fill us if we're not going to go out and be a witness? We, we have to be filled to be spilled, right? Or spilled to be filled again, right? <laughs> exactly. And, uh, so I think, uh, I think the secret, the, really, the secret to joy in the kingdom is doing the will of God and giving out what we have, right? You know, the book of Philemon says, you know, share your faith. Be, be, be active in sharing your faith so that you might know all that God has given you, right? right? So, I mean, you know, it's so critical that every one of us do our part in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. I mean, you know, I think, I, I think as Christians, we're so scared. We're worried about what people are going to say about us. I mean, I'm not afraid to show you my wounds and scars. Jesus showed us his. Amen. Why are we so afraid to show people that we've had scars and we've had wounds? I mean, that's the only way you're going to be able to help somebody is to be able to share, you know, where you've been and where God has brought you from. I mean, and I think so many Christians, uh, they don't do that. They just stay in this little box, you know, and, and God's never going to use you until you get out of that box. Amen. You know, like Pastor was talking about, you know, you're scared to go in the park tradition. We want to be in the church. No, go wherever you can go to reach because everybody's not coming to church. You know, they're not going to walk in a church building. That's just not comfortable for some people. You go in the park, you know, people will come around and people that are hurting, that are lost, and, and you, get a you get a chance to witness to them, you get a chance to love on them, and you get a chance to share the gospel, if you know the gospel. You know, because you know, like most people just carry a Bible and they don't really know, you know, and, and, and know the gospel. You know, they just carry a Bible, but they don't know the word of God. And that's what the Bible talks about. It talks about my people perish because of lack of knowledge, no understanding of God's word. That's why people are perishing. That's why I was perishing. I had, I had earthly knowledge, but I never had kingdom knowledge. You know, and, and, and so many of us have earthly knowledge, but we don't gain kingdom knowledge. And you don't gain kingdom knowledge until you enter into that repersonal, you hear what I'm saying, personal 
relationship with Christ. You know, not just that straddle on the fence. You know, I, I got tired of being a hypocrite. You know, just straddling that fence. I know Jesus, but I really didn't know him. I just know his name. You know, it's a big difference in knowing his name and knowing his power. Because, see, when you know his power, you operate. Now you're able to operate at a different capacity because of the power of Christ that dwells in you. Like you said, the Holy Spirit dwells in you, supernaturally power. The Holy Spirit empowers you and teach. he teaches you all things if you trust him and believe. And I think so many of us, we, we, we don't operate in the, in the true gifts, you know, that God give us. You know, and they say, well, he's gifted. No, you're gifted too. All you got to do is activate your gift, you know. And I think the moment, many, a lot of us don't really activate our gift because we don't, we're not in a relationship, you know. We, yeah. you know, we just, we just here, you know. Do you know, Jesus said that there are going to be people who stand before him uh, on judgment day. And they're very religious people. They go to church. Jesus even said some of them are somehow going to perform miracles. But they're going to stand before him and he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. You know, there's going to be a lot of surprise in heaven. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people that are surprised that who made it into heaven, right? It's, you know, like, wow, I didn't think that brother was going to make it into heaven, right? <laughs> and, right. and there's going to be a lot of surprise at the people that, that everybody thought were definitely going to heaven. And Jesus said, I don't even know you. So it really is about relationship, right? Yeah. Now, did, did, you, did you go to church when you were a kid? Um, I did. I mean, the, the relationship I saw with God, through God, was my mom. Ah. You know, somebody's always a witness to you, you know, that, right. that, that live for Christ. And, you know, you don't have to, you know, as a Christian, I learned, you know, even that with my kids and the relationship I have with them, I've learned not to witness to them. I learned to live Christ. Mm. Mm. So they see, you know, they see how you live. And see, mama was a prime example of what Jesus looked like. She lived it. You know, she didn't talk about it. She went to church. She didn't beat us over the head about going to church. And it's, you know what mama did? Mama just prayed for us. And she kept praying, and she died, and, 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 and then when we found out, we, after her passing, we look, my sister looks under the bed, and there's a journal under the bed. Mama, Mama's sitting, talking to God, praying over us while she's dying. So she, she, she left the biblical principles right there for us to see it, you know, and, and, and that's why, you know, you, I am who I am today. I'm, I'm here today because of my mama. You know, my mama prayers, you know, she prayed, God, knock him off his throne. You know, I don't care what he think he is, knock him off and save him, you know. <laughs> you know, that's, so, that's great because here you are, you're hitting these home runs out of the yeah. park. Everybody's like, wow, and your mama's like, he ain't no wow. Yeah. I know the real him, <laughs> and I need to be praying for him. That's my mother. My mother's like, you better stop thinking you're a big pastor or something. You're just a, you're just a man like everyone else. You, you know what? Some people say, you're a mighty man of God. I said, no, 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 I'm just a man with a mighty God, right? Right, come on. And we got to remember Amen. that, right? Amen. Amen. So actually, Daryl, we have, for the last several weeks, we've been doing a series entitled, You Make Me Crazy. And uh, we've been talking about building great relationships, right? And because it's all about relationship. You know, right. you know Jesus said all of the commandments uh, are wrapped up in two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love the Lord God with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself, right? right? So, you know, the first week we talked about, you know, the fact that we think people make us crazy, and the truth is we making a lot of people crazy, <laughs> and we don't even realize it, right? So, you know, let's talk a little bit about relationships. And so, so uh, as a child, 
What were your relationships like, you know, as a child, you know, growing up? And in fact, let's really zero in a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with your dad and how it affected your life. Because dads are like, there's a lot of dads in the room right here. And you know, the truth is, us dads, sometimes we don't really know the impact we're making negatively or positively on our children. Tell me a little bit about that relationship. Yeah, my relationship with my dad was completely broken. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic and, you know, he was very abusive and he came home for the last time and, like I said, pulled out a shotgun and said he was going to kill the whole family. He was drunk. And me and my brothers went into actions and we came this close to killing my father, you know, had it not been for my mother. So there could have been a tragedy in my life before I ever put on the uniform. See, and most people don't even know that. I was already broken before I ever put the uniform on. You know, brokenness is so real. You know, lawlessness brings about brokenness, and, you know, the loose living of life brings about broken generations. And and, and that's what it was for me in my life and and my relationship with my dad. So so I really never had a real relationship with my dad. My dad started showing up when he heard about me in high school. And, you know, asked my brother was, you know, I really that good because my mother had divorced him. And my brother was like, yeah, he's really that good, you know. And he started showing up on, you know, watching games and stuff like that. But I still never had a relationship with him. And I go on to get drafted and become the number one pick in Major League Baseball, and I still don't have a relationship with him. My whole life, I don't have a relationship with him. I kept him out of my whole life, my career, uh, because of the rejection, because he left me, uh, he left me scarred, you know. He left me hurting, and he left us hurting as a family. And my mother raised five of us by herself. So she was strong. Yeah, go ahead and clap on that. Come on. My mother raised us five, five of us by herself. And, and, you know, most people just saw, you know, the baseball uniform. And, 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 and what people don't understand, it was, it, it was my great pain that led me to my greatness. It, it was, it was, you see me performing and playing, you know, it was the pain of who I was that led me to be great. But it was the greatness that would eventually lead me to the destructive behavior. Because what we don't understand, if you're not well on the inside, it does not matter who you are. You know, if you're not well, if you're not, you know, free on the inside. And, you know, and people goes, well, you have everything. Yeah, I had everything from a material standpoint and, and being successful, fame and fortune. But that still does not make you well. Money don't make you well, you know. So the relationship with my dad was completely broken. I mean, nowhere it existed in my life. And, you know, and I, I had to grow up as, you know, as a young man, you know, with coaches and, 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 and teachers, you know, who had a greater impact on my life because they spoke into my life. They spoke greatness into my life. But it still left me with that emptiness on the inside. And some guy, some men are here today, you know, that, that, that broken relationship that they had with their father. I, I, I wish some of you would be, ever be, get a chance to be like me because my, I didn't have a relationship with him for all those years. And here it is, God saves me. You know, um, every one of us have this God, you know, this, this longing to have a father in our life. Like, fa- you know, fathers are really critical in our life. And I, I think one of the reasons for that is because he's our father, our heavenly father. And when we lack it on earth, we just don't understand. We can't even put it together, you know, when we don't have that earthly father to help us. It really damages our, even our perception of God the Father, you know? Right. And, and um, so tell me a little bit about it, that. It leaves, you, it leaves you stuck, you know, it leaves a man stuck, and he's stuck in his ego, yeah. you know, because, you know, he grows up by himself, and he learns all these things, hard lessons by himself, and the ego. And the ego is what kills us, you know, because the ego is a three-letter word, and the ego is easing God out. Say that again. 
Easing God out. Ego. Wow. Ego. That's wow. what an ego man ego is. That's what my ego left me because I was easing God out. I was trying to play God myself and, and live the way I wanted to live. And, and I didn't have a, you know, earthly father, but, you know, God saved me. And, and then, you know, it was like five years ago, you know, I was, you know after he saved me, uh, God sends me to my father. My father was in the hospital. And God sends me on a Sunday. I'm getting ready to preach at a men's conference on a Saturday. And God says, go down to the hospital and repent to your father. And he, you repented to him. Yeah, he told me to go repent to him. He says, wow. he says, don't say anything about what he did to you. He says, I want you to go down in the hospital, and I want you to repent to him and ask him to forgive you for keeping him out of your life. God said, and you know, God says, how dare, how dare you not forgive him and I forgave you? You know, I, I, I was just... He was all over me that night, and you know, the Lord, you know when the Lord comes all over you, and, and he was all over me, and I was like, I called my wife, I said, please pray for me, God's all over me, Tom, I go repent to my father. So I obeyed him, and I went down there, and I asked my father, and he was laying in the hospital bed, and I said, will you forgive me, I'm sorry, I said, the Lord has changed me, and I'm so sorry for keeping you out of my life, and tear came out of his eye, and he said, yes, and I just lost it, I laid in his lap and just cried. And I just cried and I cried and I cried. And, and, and the Lord says, raise up. And I raised up and the Lord says, now lead him to me. Wow. There it is, the man that rejected me, beat me. There I was leading him to the Lord. And the Lord said the forgiveness, you see, relationships, you know, the relationship with God is so important because he's going to teach you about you. He's going to teach you about you. When you have the relationship, when you have a real relationship with Christ, he's going to teach you all about you. And, and, and as I led him to the Lord, and the Lord said, the forgiveness was not for him. The forgiveness was for me. No wonder I ended up broken for so long because I wouldn't forgive. And, we don't, and a lot of times we don't understand that. We think, you know, it's them, it's them, it's them. And, you know, and, and, and God, God is a relational person. God is about relationships. No matter what we go through and no matter, you know, what has happened, um, we don't know on the other end what happened to their life. And there I was, you know, there I was leading a man that, that I hated. You know, there I was leading a man that beat me and rejected me. There, there I am in the hospital leading him to the Lord in the sin of prayer. You know, so you never, that's, that's why it's so important for us to understand, you know, our relationship with, with God. Because God could fulfill all the promises of whatever is missing inside of us to make it better for us so we can understand. But I have to be clearly in this relationship with God to be able to get there. Because you can't do it by yourself. And so many of us try to do it by ourselves, and we're still holding people hostage. And, you know, it's not them. You know, it's me. You know, and it, it, it's, it's the craziness about me. If I'm going to continue to be crazy inside, God's not going to ever be able to use me. Because God, God's, God cleans the, cleans the temple. For himself, he cleans it out for himself, and when he cleans it out for himself, he purifies it, and he liberates you, and he redeems you, he brings you to wholeness. Now you're able to go and have, you know, real relationships with people that you probably think you could never have with them, because because God shows you it's never about you. And I think we get so consumed with ourselves and really make it all about us, and we and we miss the point of allowing God to be able to use us to help so many others, you know, because of, of the relationship we have with him. You know, 
the enemy, the devil, is always trying to bruise us, the bruises of Satan. And he tries to do that when we're young because it, it really can distort everything in our life and put us on a path of destruction, you know? And yet, God sees all of that. He's sovereign, right? I mean, like, I've gone through a lot of pain in my life. My father died when I was a kid. My mother was a single mom, and she raised four kids and abuse and the, the different things that happened in my life growing up. And, and the enemy wants to steal the seed of greatness inside of us that God has put there. You know, we're, we all have a seed of greatness on the inside because mm -hmm. we're created in the image of God. And when we become a Christian, we got the Holy Spirit living inside. You talk about power, yes. you know? I mean, you hit some home runs, yeah. but that's power. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes. Power, right? Yes. But, but the enemy wants to destroy us from when we're a kid. Uh, but God sees that we got hurt, and he wants to turn that pain into somebody else's gain. And he wants, to, he wants us to really understand who he is. And the only way we can understand who he is is when we're in a situation where we seem to believe we have the power to hold somebody hostage to mm -hmm. our pain and what they did to us. But when we recognize what Christ has done on the cross for us and the depth that he went to to forgive us and the extent that he went to to forgive us, and, and we accept that, we recognize that, wow, we, we move into a grace-filled life that is so filled with grace and power yes. that now we've become a conduit of God's blessing. So when you walked <laughs> into your dad's room and you forgave him, can you imagine the release, the anointing of God that came on your life the moment that happened? Yes. Wow, that's amazing. It was, it was so powerful. It was so incredible. Now it was free. I mean, there was a freedom. It was such a great freedom that overcame me, even though I thought I was free. Right. But this freedom was... It, it was so real, you know, now mm. I could really feel it. I could, ex, you know, really experience, experience God's, you know, really love and grace. And it's like you were saying, most people, most of us don't know because we live in this fleshy body. And right. if you stay in the flesh and not in, the, not in the spirit, you can't operate in the supernatural. And that's why so many Christians are not, you know, fulfilling their promises because they stay in the flesh. They dwell right. in the flesh and they don't right. dwell in the spirit, you know. Right. And God delivers you and, and, and bring you to a dwelling place where now you understand your eyes, you can see so clear now and everything. And it's just like you said, because what, what Jesus did at the cross of Calvary, it, whatever, whatever is killing you, he's already killed it. He's, uh, did he's you hear that? Yeah. This guy's a theologian. He's a preacher. He can hit the baseball. Man, you got the you, whole package, brother. You know, but I'm was, just, say that again. I'm saying what Jesus did at the cross of Calvary, he shed his blood for right. you. Whatever kills you, he's already killed it. Oh, man. So there, there's, no reason, so there's no reason we should be holding on, thing, holding on to things because he's already killed it. But if you don't know who he is, you don't know he killed it. Right. You know, because see, that's the problem with so many Christians. We're like the Pharisees and the scribes. Right. You, they didn't have no clue who he was. You know, when most of us don't have no clue who he is, you know, who, who Jesus really is and the power that comes out of him hanging on that cross and, and when he shed that blood. And when you understand that blood, that blood of his is clean. You see, and that, when that blood of Jesus comes into you for real, that blood washes you. And it brings, you to, uh, it brings you to this holy place with God himself, you know, just like Christ is. And, and, and you're able to operate in a, in, a, in a totally different capacity than you've ever been able to experience because it's not you. 
you know? It's the great one that lives inside of you. Amen. See, and that's what most of us don't understand. It's the great one. Jesus, uh, early Sunday morning, he got up from the tomb. And when he was resurrected, he didn't just get up. He got up with all power. So Galatians 2.20 talks about it. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. You know, and see, when you understand who Christ is and he lives in, inside of you, he rules and reigns over everything, and your mindset is, is, is transformed. You become a different person. You act a different way. You talk a different way. You treat people a different way. You love people. You love people that don't even look like you. And it don't even matter, you know. And, uh, and that, that's, the, that's, the re that's the reward you get in having a relationship with Christ himself. It's a great reward if, you, if, if, if the people just entered in, you know, if they could just come to a place. If people could come to a place, Christians could come to a place and enter in. See, because when you think, about, you think about the Israelites, they could have been in that promised land had they entered in, you know, 11 days. But they sit and complain just like people do. You could be in God's promised land. They could have been in 11 days after 400 years of slavery, but they complained so much, God sent them in the wilderness for another 40 years. You know, and that's the same with people, you know, that don't enter into the relationship with Christ. You know, they, 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 they say Jesus, they go to church, but, you know, do I, do I really live what this Bible talks about, you know? And, and when you live, that's when you live, when you start living that, the promises, the promises of who we become. Now, you know, you, bec I don't become, I, you become a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You get to eat from a land that you don't even know about because God blesses those that obeys him, you know, and, and we follow him and we love others and we help others, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, life is short. You know, it's not, it's not long lived, but we may, see, may seem like we're living long and some of us are sitting here and thinking, oh, I'm going to live forever. You, baby, you're getting out of here. You need to know that, and you need to have your heart ready and right, because it could be any day that God says, okay, it's over, it's time, and you land up in the hospital, and where are you going, and you don't, you don't have a clue. If you don't have this relationship with Christ, and, and, and you're not here doing kingdom work, and you're thinking about yourself, I mean, who, think about it, who wants to live here? I know I don't. You know, I know I don't want to live here. I know the relationship that we build uh, with people and the race relationship that we build with our loved ones, you know, has to be sincere. You know, there was a point in time, you know, my relationships were just relationships, but today my relationships are personal. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I take them to heart because, you know, God, God, God has given me grace. Mm -hmm. You know, God has given me grace, you know, and when you're... <laughs> okay, so this is unbelievable stuff, man. You, you, you're right on the money. But so... We're talking about relationships, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zero in two relationships. Then I'm going to actually come around again, and we're going to talk a little bit about a relationship you had in baseball and, and even some of the guys in baseball and, you know, why, you know, you, you know, people look at you today, and honestly, you know, what amazed me so much is, you know, I, people want to talk to you about baseball. Like, oh, let's talk about baseball. And you're always like, no, let's talk about Jesus, you yeah. know. And, and the thing that really is amazing about you is that you can capitalize. I mean, look, 
You're a businessman. You can capitalize on your success, and you can just keep on talking about the home runs, and you, get, you, you even get uncomfortable when we show the home run thing, but we do that because it's fun. But you get uncomfortable because you just always want to point it back to Jesus, which yeah. is so powerful, right? But we want to talk a little bit about the players, just as far as what you see and how maybe the lack they have and, and how you're helping them. But before we do that, Tell me a little bit more about how God restored, because God is a God of restoration. Yes, God is a God who restores. He restores hope. He restores love. He restores joy. He restores eternal life. I mean, he's a God of restoration, right? So God always uh, had a plan for your life, and by the way, it was big, right? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> and and um, is that a great plan for your life? And um, unfortunately, because of pain and, 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 and running after the wrong thing for the wrong reason, you know, you ended up in a certain place. How did God reach down from heaven and restore your relationship with him? Tell me that story a little bit. That's, that's, that's so cool. That's so awesome because, because, you know, he's got a big plan for all of us. You know, and that's the thing about it is, you know, it's, 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 it's when we allow the process to happen. And how does he do it? Okay. First, first you gotta, you gotta commit. You have to commit. You have to see God, God wants your heart, you know? And, and I think a lot of times people don't want to give God their heart. You know, people think, oh, well, you know, God wants my people at church want my money, this and that. No, God wants your heart. God gets your heart. He get everything. You know, and, and you give him your heart. And how do you get there? First, you have to commit. And God's going to always do what he's always done. God's never changed what he's always done. God always used people to help people. You know, and it's, if you're willing to allow people to help you and, and lead you back, mm -hmm. and then you find yourself when you get back, now it's up to you to get into the biblical principles. You but know. so, but so, tell me. I mean, you're a baseball player. You know, you're hitting home runs out, you're making money. You're famous and everything like that. What do you need? Why do you need God? What's happening in your life at that point that you think? Well, because a lot of people that have all of that, you know, Jesus said, "What does a profit a man if he gains the whole world?" So there's a lot of people who think they have the whole world, what but every do? day they're forfeiting their soul. What was going on in your life? that you felt that at, at some point you realized, I really need God in my life because I have all this, but I'm still missing something. What happened? Well, yeah, because I was empty inside. The inside of me was empty. And, and, and you know, because material stuff, don't, it doesn't make you well, you know, and I think a lot of times people think it will. And you, we all go out and get a new car, and we, we're happy for a week. Right. Then it's over. So it loses the car yeah, smell, yeah, right? Yeah, they have a bottle spray now that you spray the car <laughs> to get the smell back, right? Right. I buy well, a lot of those bottles instead of buying cars. But, that, but that's what happens, you know, and all these things, you know, we see and we believe. But, and and, and then, then on the inside, you, you never feel fulfilled, you know. And, and it's not until you hear the gospel. Once, once I started hearing the gospel, you know, and I kept, okay. I kept coming. Okay. And I kept coming and kept showing up. See, you, you, you're never going to have a transformation if you don't keep showing up. You know, because so many of us think, well, I, I, I hear people talking about Jesus, but why I haven't met him? Because you don't know him yet. You have to keep hearing about him. And I have to keep hearing about him. And, and, and like you said, he always do what he's done before. He's always used people to love you when you can't love yourself. And I had that in my life, you know. My mother, my wife, I had people that loved me. That didn't love me for, you know, what I had. Right. You know, because my wife today, Tracy, I mean, she took me to Walmart. I had never been to Walmart in my life. 
I mean, somebody showed me a different side of life because I've lived this life behind community gates right. and I've been privileged my whole life, so I never knew anything else. So it was like, she showed me a different way of life and I was broken and empty and had nothing. And I'm still thinking I can live abundant life and the devil, like you said, the devil deceives you and make you believe that. And somebody, you know, God uses people to bring you down to a place of humility. Humble yourself. Can you humble yourself? Can you get rid of your pride? You know, can you, you know, because if a man can get rid of his pride, God can exalt him and use him. You know, but uh, most of the time a man can't get rid of his pride because he's prideful, you know. And that's what it was for me. I mean, I got rid of my pride and, 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 and I, I watched, you know, and sometimes you got to watch somebody else because my wife was faithful to God. She, she, she was getting up. Every, she gets up every morning. We've been together 18 years. She gets up every morning at 530 to roll out of bed to be with God. And I used to be like, man, I'm not getting up at 530 every morning. <laughs> but you know what I started doing? Pastor Steve, I started staying up late at night. And I started studying the Word. I started saturating myself in the Word. I started turning off the television. I started turning off the cell phone, and I went into a room, and it was just me and God. And I just started talking to God, and I just started getting into the relationship. And it wasn't overnight because, see, one thing God knows is that he knows that if you're not equipped with him, he knows the enemy is going to destroy you. He knows that, you know. So God, see, when I got to this place with God, God sat me for seven years. Seven years without speaking to me, sat me. Because be, discipleship is so important. And I think so many Christians, they miss discipleship. They don't want to go to Bible study. Oh, I don't want to go to Bible study. I want to watch the ball game. I, get, I keep telling people, I can tell you what's going to happen. Somebody going to win, somebody going to lose in the ball game. You know, you can always go back to a highlight and watch that all over again. But what you be missing when you don't come to Bible studies, you're missing God speaking to you and, and, and challenging you and growing you. And so I had to be challenged by God to, so he can grow me because he knew, you know, because God found me in a pit and put me in the pulpit because I'm not even qualified to be in the pulpit. But God says, you know, I said, I'm not, I'm not the one. And why you want me? I'm not qualified. He said, no one is qualified. I qualified the call. You know, so it's the equipping of God, and that's, that's, that's what I had to go through. I had to go through a whole process with God. It was a long journey, Steve. Yeah. Pastor Steve, nobody saw it. I was $3 million in debt, and I didn't even have a driver's license. Nobody saw me. Nobody wanted to talk to me. And me, I, my wife today, Tracy, says, you need to hide out with God by yourself. So you went from stardom. Yes. And you were up there. Pinnacle to the pit, right? Yes. How did you get to the pit? I mean, you got all this money, you're doing all this. What happened? It, come on, what, what does the Bible say? For the wages of sin is death. Wow. So you were just out there sinning all over the place and just partying and having a good time, and you thought that was going to bring yeah. you happiness. What and is it, Romans 6, The enemy stole everything from you. Well, yeah. Well, it's just like Jesus talked about. Up. Yeah, yeah, he set it all up. It, yeah. But it's, it's so... It's so so incredible what God does, you know, and he's already had the plan to cover me because right. mama had been praying for me. Amen. Somebody Amen. been interceding, mm. you know, hovering mm. over you, you know. So, mm. in, so don't stop praying if you're praying for somebody uh, because it's, it's not up to you to see it. Mama That's don't right. get to see it in the natural, but she watches it in the supernatural. Amen. You know, Amen. so and, and a lot of times, you know, it, it's, like, it's like you live that sinful life, you right. know. And, you know, Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. 
You know, for the wages of sin is death. And it is death. There's no, no in-between, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, it's, you can only be healed and restored by God and be delivered from your sinful ways by him. And it was not until I got out of the sinful wow. ways of living in, living the sinful ways of life, you yeah. know. And, and that's when the process started to move forward, you know, because I'm a sinner. I just don't practice anymore, you know. It's something about that, you know, and we all need to understand that, you know, if I'm trying to get somewhere, if I'm trying to get somewhere with God and I'm living a lie, it's not happening. You know, if I'm still living for the, you know, the worldly stand, you know, standards and stuff like that, it's not happening, you know. And so you came to that point in your life and you said, I need something more than baseball. I need something more than religion. Yes. You know, I need something more than just going through the motions and you opened your heart to God. He came in. And started the process. And here you are today being used mightily by God. And, um, and there was somebody very instrumental in your life at that point. And, uh, and that was your wife. Yes. Right? And so we're talking about restoring relationships. And there's a lot of people, maybe even in this room today, they don't have a whole lot of hope for their marriage. You know I mean? They may be just going through the motions. Maybe even they're smiling on the outside. But they don't have a whole lot of hope for that restored relationship. Tell me a little bit about what was going on and how God, because that's an exciting story. And you and your wife now do ministry, you do marriage ministry, all those things. I mean, no, no marriage is perfect, right? No marriage no. is perfect. But, but God has done such an incredible work. Tell me about how God used your wife to bring you to a closer place with him and now where God's using you together to do ministry. Well, it's, it's because I, you know, I, I saw her love for God. Her love for God was real, you know, and it wasn't you know, this pretender, you know, uh, oh, this is Jesus. You know, she was faithful to him. And, um, and, and we, started, we started walking together. You know, I, 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 came, I came into the relationship, because we all come into the relationship with a bunch of, bunch of baggage, you know, and, and different stuff that we have and, and that we never get rid of. So, I, you know, I started working on myself and getting rid of all those things, you know, that, that, was, that was hindering me from going forward. And I think so many... Guys, you know, they don't get rid of things. You know, they want to keep things. And, you know, I don't have no secrets, you know, in my life no more. You know, I, I, I live a life according to the principles. And, and that was a process. That was like working on me. Stop looking at your mate. You got your own issues, you know. We want to look at them and point fingers at, you know, our mates and stuff, you know. And I needed to work on my, my issues and deal with who I was, you know, the, the hurts and, and the habits of my life. And, you know, and once I started dealing with them, you know, God's going to heal you if you allow him to heal you. Because he's the healer of all things. You know, he's the only one who can heal you. And, and when you get to that place of you no longer have that kind of mindset, now you start operating in love. You know, because God is love, and God teaches you how to love. See, I didn't know how to love. I, I didn't have a father to teach me how to be a husband. You know, I had two broken marriages. Uh, I, I just ran through them like tornadoes, and I was selfish and self-centered. You know, and, but when God healed me, God allowed me to go back and repent to them and ask them to forgive me and tell them I was a bad husband just because I was rich and bringing home money and they had a lifestyle and, and I had them living any kind of way. I, I wasn't right, you know, because I didn't know any better. You know, and, and most of us don't. You know, we pretend like we do, but I never grew up in a household where, you know, you, uh, I saw a man with biblical principles and live according to, you know, what God's standards were. My father wasn't that man. So I lived the same way he did. And, 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 I, and so my relationship, you know, my relationship with my kids and my wife is, is, is the most important thing to me. You know, because I, you know, you go through this life and it's short. What's important? What's important to me? Jesus. 
my wife, and my kids. Everything else, you can keep. I mean, because it's, it's not going to, you know what, Pastor, it's, everything else we think is important and it's not going to fulfill, you know, what the, what the Bible teaches us. You know, and the Bible teaches us, us that strong relationship with Christ himself. And when you have that foundation, now you have everything. Now, you, now you've built everything. Now you surround yourself, now you surround yourself and, and, and protect yourself. You protect your life. You, you safeguard your marriage. You safeguard your kids. You pray for your family. You know, a man that, a man that knows how to enter in and, and, and pray for his family covers his family because now the devil knows because Jesus talks about it in John 10.10. 10. He talks about how the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not playing. That's what he's coming to do. He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. Abundantly. And abundant life, I think people get all wrong. They think it's all about stuff. Abundant life, he's talking about peace, joy, wisdom, knowledge, power. It's something far greater than you can ever imagine when you accept and understand. See, the problem I've learned is Christians don't know scriptures. It is power in the scriptures. I mean, you can whoop the enemy with the scriptures. That's the only thing you're going to whoop him with. You can't whoop him with nothing else. We can talk and we can sound good, but you cannot whoop him with nothing but scriptures. The only thing that he's afraid of is the word of God. All right. Now, listen. Get it? Get it? Get it? Put it on Facebook. You can whoop the enemy with the scripture. Daryl Strawberry. Come on, somebody. All right. Now, yeah. now, now listen. Now, we got about five minutes left. Okay. So, I'm going to turn you loose, brother. All right. All right. Turn it loose. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. You're, 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 you're speaking to people live stream. And okay. they're, they're hearing it from, uh, from a lot of countries. There's people here and the overflow. Everybody. One thing. You got, you got one thing to say to these folks. And it's almost like you're begging them. It's, it's like you're pleading with them. What would that one thing, if you had one thing that you could tell them, what would it be? Don't quit. And um, I would tell you, trust God. You got to trust. You, you got to trust and believe. You, you might not even see. You, know, you, might, you might not even see it, but you got to trust God. You know, it's in the Word of God, you know, and, you know, it's... it's it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It talks about trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So many of us don't trust because we get consumed with all these earthly things, and we get the temptations of things, and we miss out trusting God's word and God's ways. You know, because we say, well, I've been tempted. Well, Jesus was tempted too. What makes us no difference, he was just like us. But you got to learn to starve your flesh, and you got to operate in the spirit, and you got to be able to rebuke the devourer, and you got to know how to turn and go the other way, you know. And because he was tempted in Matthew four four, the devil tempted him, said, "I'll give you all this," because that's what he does. He sets us all up. I'll give you all this. I'll let you have all this. As Jesus said, "It is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word proceeds out of the mouth of God." He said, "It's the word of God that brings victory in our life." I became a victorious because of the word of God. I'm challenging all of you to study the word for yourself. 
You know, so many of us won't pick that Bible up and we just, we keep wanting victory, but we don't know God's Word. I challenge you as a church, I challenge you to go deeper with God. He's so good once you go deep. He gets you down inside of you like never before, and then you don't need anything else. You don't need to fight against anything else. You don't need anything else to make you feel well. You don't need a husband. You don't need a wife. If you're single, you fall in love with Jesus. You don't want anything else. That's all you're going to ever want if you fall in love with Jesus. Jesus is not... You need to understand, you need to, the hope is, the hope is is you don't quit, you need to understand. Jesus, who is Jesus? Jesus is a holy, righteous man. He's the alpha, he's the omega. He's the beginning, he's the end. He's the king of kings, he's the Lord of Lord. He was wounded for your transgression. He was bruised for your iniquity. By his stripes you get to be healed. Christians need to operate and in in, in understand grace. Amen. Grace is something you do not deserve. Amen. Every day I get out of that bed, I'll be like, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I get out and worship God because I don't deserve his grace, and he woke me up and allowed me to see another day. Amen. See, when you come to that place, when you come to that place, when you come to that place, it's about nothing else. It's about Jesus himself. Now you have everything that you've been looking for, everything that you wanted in life, because he's going to fill you down inside. He's going to fill you with the richness of him down inside. He's the great I am. So I encourage you. I encourage you that it's here today. Your relationship with your loved ones is important, but you need to get that relationship in your heart right with God. Because God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking to complete people. Because when you go through the Bible, all those that were used by God, they all had issues. But guess what? God used them mightily because they surrendered. Some of you need to surrender today. Some of you stop straddling this fence and playing church. Some of you need to start, some of you need to become kingdom builders, tithers. Oh, I hit a nerve there, right? Because I need to tell you one thing about tithing. See, I was $3 million in debt and didn't have nothing. I started sowing and tithing because my mother taught me the principles. Do you know that God gave me more than the $3 million I was in debt? He cleaned up the dead and gave me more because my heart was for the kingdom. It wasn't for the earth anymore. So I need to encourage you to, I, I need to encourage you how to release, how to, you see, when you sow into God's kingdom, it, it, it's, not about, it's not about the money. It's about what God's going to do in your life. And it's not always about money return. You might need the health. You might have a health problem. God gives you a healing. You might have a child out there that's lost and sick in the wilderness somewhere, and God is sparing his life because you're sowing into the kingdom. So remember, it's about the kingdom. It's about you making a commitment. And some of you today, you need to make a new commitment. Your heart, your relationship yes. with Christ himself first. Then you'll be able to have that relationship you need with that wife. Then you'll have that relationship you need with the, those kids. My kids today, I mean, I was lost, broken, empty. My kids today adore me. People be like, do you know who your dad was as a baseball player? They say, no, my dad's a preacher. 
They don't even consider. They don't even consider the baseball part of me because the legacy is not about baseball. The legacy of leaving for your kids is about the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ himself. He is Lord. He is everything you needed. So right now, right now, right now, right now, some of you come in here with a heavy heart today. You know you need prayer. I want you to come to this altar so I can pray for you. I don't need to know what it is. You, God knows what it is. If that's you, I'm going to call you right now. Don't be ashamed of what the good news is all about. Today is your lucky day. God has spoken to your heart. Some of you need to build better relationships. Don't be ashamed. Hallelujah. God loves you so much. There you go. Some of you know you need to get it right. Get it right. Don't walk out of here the same. Don't keep coming to church being the same person. Because see, we as people, we always pretend we have it all together. You don't have to pretend with God that you have it all together because let me tell you one thing I do know about God. He knows everything. He knows it all. He sees it all. Don't have to be right. Like, God, I want to get it right. Amen. God, fix my heart. God, fix my relationship. Let me love. Let me not be one in the pain anymore. Let me be free. Let me be free. Let me be free. Come on. He's going to free you today. He's going to free you. Thank you, Jesus. He's a good God. There's nobody like him. He's a wonderful God. He meets us right where we at. Everybody has struggle. Everybody has issues. The Bible talks about it. The book of John is about believing. Jesus doing the miracles, turning water into wine, feeding the 5,000, raising Lazarus from the dead. He do the miracle after miracle in the, in the book of John. He's still doing miracles today. If you've never seen a miracle, I'm a living miracle what he does when you decide to say, Lord, here I am. Take me. Take all my hurts. Take all my pains. Build my relationship with you. Build my relationship right. I'm not compromising no more. I'm surrendering my life to you, Christ, and I'm coming to the cross because everything at that cross has been done. He's done it for you. Come on down, let them down, let them down, come down. Thank you, Lord. Come on down. This is it, this is the day, this is the day, this is the day, this is the day, this is the day that you get set free by God forever. You don't ever have to go back. You don't have to ever have to compromise no more. You don't ever have to be with that man. If he don't want to marry you, get on out of there. Don't be compromising. She don't want to marry you, brother, get on out of there. It's time, it's time, it's time. Some of us are too old. Some of us are too old to be sitting around still doing the same thing. Looking for a different result. When are you coming home? Come back home. It's at the cross. He's amazing. When you just trust him, today, all of you that have come to the altar, you have trusted God. Walk with him. He's amazing. Enter in. Study his word. Commit yourself. Don't just make church, oh, I got to go to church. Be excited to go to church and worship God. Because you never know the day when he's going to call your name 
and it's time to go. You want to be right. I used to think, I look at everybody like now, they, they, they talked about me when I was a heathen and played baseball and I was lost. Now they're talking about me because I love Jesus. So that just tells you right there. That just tells you right there they're going to talk about you anyway. You would rather they talk about you loving Jesus. Make your commitment to him today. God doesn't want anything but your heart. He doesn't need anything else. He just needs your heart. That's all he wants. Give him your heart. Make a new commitment. Anymore. I know some more men out there. You're struggling. Give it up. You're never gonna get, you're never gonna get where you think you're gonna get. I've been there. The devil lies to you, make you believe and think, oh God is not that, God is not real. He'll keep you stuck on stupid, the devil. He'll keep you in sin. He'll keep you in sin. Brothers, brothers, you need to rise up. You need to become the man God has called you to be. Stop living any old kind of way. It's time that men start living right and walking in the biblical principles. Living in that foolishness, the devil gonna kill you. He's gonna keep you right there, broken, empty, chasing. Chasing what? Nothing, you need to be chasing after the kingdom. Matthew 6, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God is righteousness, then all these things will be added into you. We don't even understand that. If we seek after the kingdom, all the things that have been missing inside of us, God add into us. And it's great. It's great on the inside. 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater that he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's the great one that lives inside of you, Christ himself. He brings you to a place of humility. It's okay to humble yourself. You become righteous when you humble yourself. God makes you a righteous man when you become. When you come to a place and humble yourself. And ladies, God loves you. Stop compromising. God sees everything. Stop compromising. I'm just telling you right now. My wife Tracy, my wife, when we were not married, and she was like, woke up one morning, she says, I'm not doing this no more. We ain't married, and I ain't living like this. I ain't living no mess. She said, I ain't having sex with you no more. She stopped compromising. That was a defining moment in my life. It changed everything because she stopped compromising. Stop compromising. You don't need nobody. All you need to do is pick up that Bible and read it. Start eating. He's right in there. What you've been looking for, he's right in that book. He's right in that book. You'll fall in love with him and your life will never, ever, ever be the same. It will never. Let us pray. And I think we still have some here that may not know Jesus today. If that's you, you can come.
and you can make a commitment to Christ today. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner. I repent. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your love over my life. Today, Father, I come to you to build a new relationship with you. Thank you for all that you're doing in my life right now. Lord, thank you for, for speaking to my heart and allowing me to make a new move today towards you. I give you honor and praise and all the glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. 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 It's a great celebration. Amen. Amen. Yeah.